0: chris lewitt is an internationally recognized high performance coach educator and author of two best-selling books the tennis technique bible and the secrets of spanish tennis tune in weekly as chris answers questions live from around the world and discusses topics in junior development technical and tactical training spanish tennis methods and philosophies and more the Prodigy Maker Show is primarily focused on high performance junior training and how to help children maximize their potential. The program features intelligent insight from Chris and debate from leaders in the high performance industry. The show can be watched live on Chris's Facebook profile, and video versions of the show are archived at youtube.com forward slash Chris Lewitt. And now, here's Chris.
1: What's up, amigos? It's the Prodigy Maker Show. Episode 44, coming to you live from the Chris Lewitt Tennis Academy outside of Manchester, Vermont, in the lovely little town of Londonderry, Vermont. And I wanted to welcome you guys to the show. It's a little bit of a surprise show. And I apologize for missing you folks last week. It's been a very difficult week or two. We've been getting my family back into school. My kids have started school and it's pandemic school. It's absolute chaos. And any of you who are out there who are parents probably know what I'm going through and can commiserate with me, but I've got all the kids at home doing online and homeschool. And we also have the little baby. We have baby Ocean running around and it's just mayhem. At the Lewitt household. So I've been struggling to get on a a regular rhythm for the show, and I'm looking forward to broadcasting more. I actually have many shows planned. I've been writing a lot of articles for magazines, and I'm looking forward to sharing those ideas with you all. So tonight's show is about running or gunning. I said to myself, I should do a show about running. And I don't mean running just off the court like cardio and we've done a podcast on cardio how cardio is king especially during the pandemic i recommended that all you guys keep your cardio up and that's a big part of my philosophy that cardio is king but i mean running i mean we'll we'll touch on that but i mean running on the tennis court having a passion for run, for running maybe even love loving to run and I think that's essential for young kids to learn. So I was thinking about the title for the show, and I I said, you know, when you're young, you should run and not gun. Or you should run it and not gun it. I was working with a kid tonight who is visiting the academy here. And I, I said something to that effect. I was like, dude, run. Learn to run, but don't learn to gun. Not yet. And what I mean by that is philosophically young kids, in my opinion, in my system, which is very heavily influenced by the Spanish system, because I've studied there for so many years, and I wrote the book on Spanish tennis, The Secret of Spanish Tennis, you got to love to run when you're a kid. So that means chasing. That means if somebody hits a ball far away from you, you dig deep and you chase after it. I like to say love the hunt, love to follow the ball, love to chase, love to hunt, love to run. And if you don't love to run, learn to love to run. And one of the things you can do If you don't love to run, or let's say you have a student or a kid or a child, maybe it's your son or daughter who doesn't like to run, is you can start to foster that. And that's where sort of the off-court running can come into play. Just simply going out to jog a little bit, doing some intervals, running a mile, running for 30 minutes. That kind of exercise will start to in, will start to build uh, the habit of running. And we'll start to also work on the mechanics of running. And your player will, will start to, to become more comfortable with those movements and actually doing running. And I think that will translate back onto the tennis court. So there's a number of levels here, but very, very important with young players in, in the Spanish system, in my personal development system, and this show is all about junior development. If you guys have any questions about anything in the world of junior development, you're welcome to, to watch live uh, on the Facebook channel or on my Facebook profile. Now we're doing it from the Tennis Academy um, profile or page. It's our Tennis Academy page. And, but we'll share it. We share it on the YouTube channel and we share it as a podcast. So if you happen to catch the show live... Any, any week feel free to ask me any questions under the sun regarding junior development this is a big one this is a big topic what I see a lot in the northeastern US because we have so many fast courts we don't have a lot of slow clay we don't have the kids don't have a lot of exposure to slow clay especially red clay and we play a lot of indoors so whether it's the coaches lack of encouraging running or it's the surface, or the indoors, the speed of the surface, or all of those. And all of those may be culprits, but the the end result is that we have a lot of players that we produce in New York, and in New England, and in New Jersey, all of the Northeast, any part of the Northeast. And that's my particular neck of the woods where I train a lot. Of, I see the most players from the Northeastern United States. We have a lot of players who love to gun. They don't like to run as much. It's more rare to get a player who loves to run than a player who loves to gun, I I think. Occasionally, you will get a kid who likes to grind, likes to run, likes to hustle and chase, but more often than not, players like to gun it. And so I think as a coach, as a high-performance coach, as a junior developer, as a prodigy maker, when I get a little kid... One of the main, the main things that I want to build for them is the love of running, or at least to learn to tolerate running, to be willing to run, and related to that is to be willing to suffer, which is a, another Spanish philosophy, pillar of the Spanish system is learning how to suffer. So that's also related to running. You can't really suffer unless you're willing to run so for me everything starts with running that's a very simple and powerful word dude you need to run I expect you to chase that ball I don't care where it is I don't care if it's out I want you to chase balls that are in the doubles alley I want you to chase balls that are over your head I want you to chase balls if they go over the back fence I want you to climb the fence Jump over the fence and try to get it. I want you to run. I want you to love the chase. I want you to love the hunt. And thank you for the thumbs up. I see my buddy Jim Kane is watching, long time fan of the show and a great coach in his own right. What's up, Jim? Good to see you, buddy. So this is such a simple concept, but I just love I thought it'd just make a great podcast. And I wanted to share with you guys run. Don't Gun when you're young. And related to that is as you get older, as you get more physically strong, the power is going to come. The guns are going to come out. And the points will get shorter. You'll be able to shorten the points. And this sort of connects to the, the myth of the first four shots, which I've written a lot about you know Craig O'Shaughnessy's research and a lot of a lot of guys doing statistical analysis at the the pro level especially at the pro level where all the where all the data is right so a lot of the research quote unquote shows that you know the pros play four five six shots predominantly in their matches and you know that's fine for the kids, when they get to the pro tour, they get to top college level, they're big and strong, and they can blast winners, they can play super aggressive, but for, I just don't think it's appropriate to build a player that way when they're little, and I feel very strongly about this. It's a, it's a major component of my development style and system and philosophy. And I wanted to flesh it out a little bit and try to convince you guys that it's very, very important to teach young kids how to run and to love to run. To to try to get them to enjoy running, to enjoy chasing, enjoy hunting the ball, enjoy grinding. This relates to another very important concept in junior development from the Spanish point of view. The Spanish perspective, which is patience. I think it's very important when you have a young kid to teach them to be patient. Teach them not to try to hit a winner on the first shot, not to try to finish points within the first four or five shots in particular. And this is where the research coming from the top of the of the game at the tour level is really damaging and and detrimental to junior developing because when you want to develop a kid when they're young you want them to be patient you want them to be willing to run you want them to to be willing to defend you want them to extend rallies you want them to become consistent which is another pillar of the spanish approach to building players You, you want consistent players And the way that you teach young children how to be consistent in tennis is by rallying a lot and hitting a lot of shots and getting a lot of repetitions. So if you embrace a philosophy of short rallies, if you embrace a philosophy of first strike for your young students, for young players, or if you're a kid watching yourself, you do yourself a big disservice. And you're going to have to learn how to be patient and rally somewhere down the road, or you're never going to be a great player. Very rare, very, very rare for a player to be able to skip through the patient rallying stage and just show up as a big time hitter. I'm not sure it's possible. Maybe there's some exception to the rule, like maybe someone with a really big game, like a big uh, powerful server, someone incredibly large and and dominant that way. But look, even someone like Riley Opelka, tremendous big athlete on the tour, you know, almost seven feet tall. That guy, when he was young, he learned how to grind. He learned how to move. He learned how to run. He was a consistent player. And that, for me, is the best foundation for junior development. You have a young kid, boy or girl, doesn't matter, personality that that could matter that that's a bit of a debate so some might say well what if their personality is kind of short attention span strike first aggressive you know that that is that's definitely your best argument for for letting a kid attack a little more when they're young and i definitely do that like not every kid you're going to fit into the same square you know, whole you, you can't just force every peg into the same hole. So some kids you need to give them a little more license to attack, to create, to go to net. As a general rule, as a as a junior developer as a junior developer, you, you you gotta be willing to let some kids pull the trigger a little more early. Some kids are very creative uh, personalities. They may want to go to net more. That should be allowed, but never outside the context of building patience, running, stamina, consistency, and the capacity to suffer. The capacity to suffer cannot be underrated or undervalued. So, yes, when I have a young little prodigy who is a net rusher, you know, who loves to hit that drop shot? Who loves to rip a big forehand? Do I say, no, 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 you can't do that? I think that's wrong. And I know some even very famous coaches in Spain who actually would discourage that. I remember one time I was studying with Luis Bruguera, who I have so much respect for, and he's taught me a tremendous amount about the game of tennis and I've adopted much of the Bruguera system in my own training of players. I remember one time I was with Luis and we had a little boy at the academy in Barcelona, at the Bruguera Academy. I spent years studying with Luis. I used to go there every summer. Now, unfortunately, I think the academy may be changing. I believe that Luis and his team have, have, uh, are moving on and I'm not sure what's going to happen now with the academy. But that's another, uh, that's kind of a sad story. But anyway, you know, it's another, maybe a victim of the a tragedy of the pandemic. You know, all the academies are struggling in Spain, for example. So, but anyway, the story is I was with Luis and I remember this young boy, he loved to go to the net and Luis sort of brought him over and chastised him. For going to net as a little boy, maybe nine years old or ten years old. And I, I remember it very clearly in, in my my mind. You know, the little boy was like to go to the net, and I and I I sort of knew what Luis was gonna say. I spent many years with him and, and he he really came down hard on him. He said, Why are you going to the net? You. Why you go to the net? And the little boy was like, I don't know, I felt like it was a short ball, and i would do this and that. And he said, Stop. Look at your, you know, I'm paraphrasing. They said basically to the kid, look at yourself. You are not very big. It's a small little kid, little boy. The net is quite wide. It's very easy to lob you. And Luis basically told him, get the hell out of there. Don't, don't do that. Don't come forward because it's basically stupid for you based on your physical characteristics, your size, uh, your wingspan, you know. When you're little, going to the net is a lot riskier than when you're bigger. And I think Luis makes a, some very good points there. And it's logical. And I think a lot of people would, should probably uh, try to understand that perspective and, and uh, you know, teach it to, to children. And I do. But at the same time, I felt like he was a little too hard on this guy. This guy was probably a magician. He had a personality where he wanted to create and move forward. And I I think that should never be shut down completely. And so what I would have said personally to that little boy is I would have said something to the effect, look, I know you love to create, I know you love to go there, to go to the net, but I need you to structure it well. I need you to structure the point and be more organized from the baseline, more patient, And then you can earn your entry to the net. And this is the way I tend to talk to my students who are creative and like to move forward. Getting back to the idea of running or gunning. Going to the net, that is kind of like gunning. You know, I have a student who who cannot stop running to the net. He runs to the net very haphazardly. He chips a lot. I have, I've had many students like this, and they're a certain type of personality. They're, they're very aggressive and creative types. I call them magicians sometimes. And I have this, uh, little boy it just pops into my mind, but I could think of dozens of, of students of mine who, who are like this, similar brain types, you know, and we have, have to work very hard with this kid on being patient, on running left and right the way Young tennis players should do. You know, tennis is a lateral game primarily. It's not a north-south game. Maybe it used to be back in the day when I was a kid. Man, the game has changed so much. I used to serve and volley, and it was a north-south game. Now I play baseline. I had to teach myself that because the the serve and volley game disappeared. The volley game is not as successful as it once was. And when you see kids who just want to rush the net, you have to figure out why are they doing that? Is it that they're just wired that way? Is it because they're out of shape and they're trying to short-circuit the point a little bit? They're trying to make a shortcut and end the point prematurely? Are they very impatient? Are they impulsive? And they just sort of get this this, uh, impulse and they have to go forward or try something risky, You know, some players embrace a high-risk type of game. And I just think as responsible coaches and junior developers, if you're working with kids who you want to be high-level players, then you need to teach them some responsibility, some conservativeness, some patience, some maturity. You know, for me, I look at little children. I work with many, many children, especially talented prodigy-type kids, uh, gifted kids. And you want to create a style, uh, a game that is mature, responsible, disciplined, structured. In Spain, they have these great words, uh, organized game, organization. And they use the word order a lot. They want a a game that's ordered, a game that's organized. And I'm a huge believer in this. I've embraced this from Spain, and I, I hope that that you guys will embrace this, this concept too. If you're a junior developer, a coach, or a parent, you need to look at your player on the court when they compete in matches and even when they practice. And they have to have an order. Everything has an order in tennis. They have to have an organized game. And organization starts fundamentally with the willingness to run. You have to be willing to run primarily left and right because tennis is a you know, some would say 70% lateral movement sport. Mark Kovacs has published that statistic. About 70% of the movement, if you accept that, is lateral, left and right. We have to build that in our players. Young players need to master running left and right. And then recovering for the next shot. So that's where the footwork comes in. They have to have good footwork. This is a huge part of my philosophy, a huge part of the Spanish philosophy, learning how to move well, learning how to use your legs well. But there's no footwork, there's no moving the legs well if you're not willing to run, if you don't have the willingness to chase that ball, the desire, the commitment to go get that one, to go get that one, to go get the next one, to continue onward and to never quit on a, on a ball or on a rally. And many kids don't learn that lesson from their junior coaches or from their parents or whoever's working with them. They don't learn that lesson. If they're in Spain, they learn that lesson probably from day one. But in the U.S., particularly in my area where I develop players, in northeast U.S., this is less common. And I end up teaching this to a lot of kids and stress this. Any coaches working with me, I, I tell them, we want rallies we want these kids to learn how to run. We want to develop some cardio, cardiovascular cap- capacity. If you teach a young kid to do first four, first four shots, how are you going to develop their cardiovascular capacity? Well, You could maybe do it off the court, but it's much better to do it with the racket on the court, in my opinion. If you Teach a kid to go to the net when they're little. Or you stress that as a priority. You know, everything has its priority. Everything has its order. In my opinion, that's a disservice. You know, and I know I'll I'll get pushback from that. Because I teach an all-court game. I teach a complete game. As much as I can to my students. But the foundation has to be baseline. Forehand. Backhand. Movement. Running. You have to be willing to run. You have to be fit. You have to have fitness. Or how can you construct a point? If you're not willing to run, how can you play a good rally, and then get your short ball, go to the net, and finish at the net? You have to be willing to run in the beginning to set up that point, to structure the, the point well. So in the end, I just think fundamentally everything comes back to this beautiful word, run, running, not gunning. A lot of kids, young kids, they want to gun. They want to rip big shot. Let's talk about that. Kid comes into your program, comes to take a lesson, no patience, no shot tolerance, just almost becoming a dirty word nowadays. With all of the research and all the coaches stressing first four, stretching a shorter rally length, shot tolerance, almost a dirty word. Coaches are reprimanded, criticized for doing a lesson where there's a lot of repetition, where there's a lesson where there's a lot of rallies from the baseline, where there's a lesson that maybe doesn't incorporate the serve or return. Now, is there value to working on the serve return? I just did a podcast last week on the return of serve and how important it is. But you can have a great lesson not incorporating the serve return. If a kid is not solid, if a kid is not willing to run, don't just teach them serve and return because when you serve and when you return, is that running? Is there a lot of running involved? Typically not. Are you developing cardio, cardiovascular capacity? when you're serving and returning a lot? No, because the points are short. You shorten the points. You shorten your player's attention span when you just focus, serve, and return. This is where I think the coaches who are stressing first four, Craig O'Shaughnessy is one of them. It's just way, way, they are way off, way misguided because I believe young children need to build up their attention span. They need to build up their cardiovascular capacity. And when you incorporate a lot of serve and a lot of return, when you teach a kid to strike first and hit big forehand when they're very young, they're not going to get that. They're not going to build patience. I'd much rather have a player who is solid, consistent, moves well, willing to run, good fitness. I'll take that player and we'll build some weapons on on top of that. We'll build the big forehand, which is another part of the Spanish system. We'll build a big serve, which is not really part of the Spanish system, but I will build it in my system. In Spain, they have a little bit of notoriety for not teaching such a great serve, which is a, a big detrimental aspect, negative aspect of the Spanish system. Sometimes they don't do such a good job. They spend too much time on the baseline, too much time running, too much time in the backcourt when they should be moving forward. They should be striking first. They should be working on fir- first uh, surplus one, return plus one, first four shots. Sometimes in Spain, in some of the traditional academies, they don't do enough of that. But that is sort of a- another question for another developmental level. What I'm talking about are kids six, seven, eight years old, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. Junior development, young children, when you build their foundation, the kids from, from initiation to, uh, to, to formation. So we're, we're forming these young players, right? When you're forming these young players, start with something solid. Go the Spanish way. It's the best way to develop a young kid. I'm going to teach this kid how to rally. I'm going to teach this kid how to run. I'm not going to stress gunning. I'm going to stress running. Consistency. Patience. Responsibility. Structuring a point. I'm going to teach this kid how to organize a point. How does an organized point typically work? How does it, what does it look like? Most kids don't have a clue. A good tennis point is some baseline. Serve goes in. Return goes in, you know, gotta work on those. But it it means rallying forehand a couple times, backhand a couple times. And then if there's no error, sometimes you get an error. If you're patient and steady, a lot of times your opponent will make an error, which is great. If you get a short ball, you learn how to rise up. I say stay in Spain, rise to the net, move up quickly, make a good attack shot. And that can be your entry to go volley. But a typical point should be structured that way. And young kids should learn how to organize a point pretty much like that. In Spain, for example, Sanchez Casal system, another very famous academy in Barcelona. And now they have outposts around the world. Zone three, three zones. A point is played in zone three, the backcourt, if possible, you look to go up to the short court or the, the mid court and then the short court. So it's back court, mid court, front court, short court, zone three, zone two, zone one. And I still think that's the best way to develop a little kid, little kid, you come to me, you're going to learn a solid what? Back court, baseline, zone three. Behind the baseline, you're going to be rock solid, and there's absolutely no way you're going to become rock solid if you can't run, if you're not willing to run. It starts up here in the head. Do you have a willingness to run? Do you like to suffer? Or do you see a ball that's far away, and deep down inside you say, no, I don't really want to do that one. I don't want to go get that one. You have to have this incredible hunger, insatiable desire to chase, to hunt. And I think it's our responsibility as junior developers, coaches, parents, to inculcate that, to build that, to develop that. So what else? We talked about sort of the uh, big shots. When you got kids who love to gun, try, try to temper that. Try to explain to them how a point should be organized, how a tennis game should be organized. And most kids who are intelligent, they will respect that. Kids who want to run directly to the net, tell them about the the way a point should be structured, the way to play a responsible tennis point. It's not trying to hit an ace and running to the net after service winner or trying to run to the net or gigantic forehand out of nowhere, then, you know, run to the net or chip shot, run to the net. Basically, anything running to the net. It's not necessarily bad because if it's done at the right time, it can be responsible. But the kids need to structure that in an organized way. And the entire, their entire game has to be developed in an, in, with some order. And you just can't do it without running. So I have a few other thoughts related to running and gunning. So one of the best ways you can foster the love of running, or the willingness to run is to have your students run. So this is where some of the recommendations from fitness coaches, experts in the field of sports science can also be a little bit detrimental. So it's another one of those myths. I talked about the myth of the first four shots, Craig O'Shaughnessy's research. I've talked about that a lot. We have previous shows, maybe I can link to them, where I, I sort of, deconstructed some of the myths of the first four shots. Well, it's it's sort of a myth that running is bad for tennis. And I know a lot of you who are maybe trainers or have a background in sports science or exercise science or physiology, you're probably going to disagree with me. But I, I know a lot of the research says that tennis should be trained more in intervals and short bursts, short distance with change of direction. And basically, with running that mimics the movements that you do on the tennis court and that is very good research very and very correct but at the same time let's say you have a, just a, a kid who's not not a pro not a high level player yet you're trying to build them up from scratch from the from the grassroots and let's say you have a young kid most young kids don't play more than 10 hours a week of tennis you know when they're starting out that's probably a pretty good amount for most kids who are on the beginning of their tennis journey, whether they're young, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, or what have you, even 11 or 12. If you've got a kid playing 10 hours or less, come on, go running with that kid. Go, go teach him how to jog a few miles. Go, go do some repeats on the track, you know, 200, 400 meters, 600 meters, 800 meters. Teach the child how to run. And the most easy thing that a kid can do is put their running shoes on and go out for a jog. Can be a jog for time, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Can be a jog, uh, a run that's more of a threshold run where they're pushing themselves to a, a higher, uh, at a higher tempo, like a tempo or threshold run. It could be an interval run, they run and then at a fast pace and then maybe they jog or walk. but. Build this habit in your young players. Just It's the simplest thing you can do. And I think a lot of coaches don't want to say it because it seems like they, they're worried that they might get criticized for, for advocating an outdated mode of training. But I think it, it's not really outdated for young children who are just learning, learning the game. They're starting out. On the other hand, if you have a player who's training 20 or 25 hours a week, a full-time player a very advanced top national or ITF junior, probably they don't need to run that much. Why? Because, you know, they're getting a lot of their cardio from the tennis. They're playing a lot of tennis. Hopefully they're playing tennis with rallies and not just slam-bam tennis, you know, like bang, bang, bang. Hopefully, the, the, actually, the, the rallies have, the practices have rhythm and, and consistency focus and, and things like that. And not just, run, not just gunning. Uh, it makes me very concerned when I see practices that are all short burst, short burst type practices. That's why practices that are only focused on serve and return are problematic for me. You know, there should be some rhythm and consistency built into the practice, just as there should be focus on first first serve, you know, serve plus one and return plus one. I think they're they're both important. I don't think one should overwhelm the other. You know, they, they should both be incorporated in a good practice regimen. But it depends on the level of the player. I have a girl, for example, who I'm coaching. She's not a top player yet. And she would like to play college tennis, maybe division three. And she's starting to play maybe uh, 10 hours a week of tennis, which is which is a lot for a, a player who is not Uh, full time player. It's a pretty good amount of tennis. But she's got plenty of time to just learn how, uh, go for a couple, uh, short runs and then maybe one long run per week. And I don't think there's, there'll be any negative, um, effect on that player if she, if she starts to do that. And I have convinced her to do that. She actually never ran before in her life. I mean, for me, if, if I have a student who comes to me and they tell me, yeah, Chris, I don't like to run. I just think it's wrong, and I won't allow it. I actually won't coach kids who aren't willing to do some running, because I think it, it it translates so poorly back to the tennis court that that it's just a it's it's a very negative character trait. You're not willing to run. I remember I studied with the great Jose Higueras, a very important mentor of mine, uh, the Spanish legend, and he always used to tell me that. If, and I've told this story before, that when he couldn't go to the tennis court, if he was traveling or, or for whatever reason couldn't get to a tennis court, there was no tennis court around, he would always bring his running shoes and go running. And I just think that simple, immutable law of, of tennis is, is if you're a tennis player, you are a runner. And I've had many students who, who don't know that. No one's ever explained that to them. If you are a tennis player, you are, by definition, de facto, a runner. And I have many, many students that when I talk to them the way I'm talking to you now, they look at me completely baffled and shocked even, surprised, very surprised. They they never thought of it that, that way. And I think it's essential to understand the nature of the game. Tennis is a running game. In the past, it may have been a game where you could circumvent the, the, the re- requirement to run. You could maybe shoot to the net and have a lot of quick, short action points, you know, quick action points with serve and volley. But that has changed dramatically in the past 20 or 30 years, and, and that style of game is no longer effective. Now, that style of game may come back, And I may have to do a whole new show in 10 or 15 or 20 years, guys. But at present, in the year 2020, tennis is very much a running game. It's an endurance game. It's a game that requires great movement and a commitment to hustle, get the balls, grind, defend. Players today move greater than we've ever seen. They're beautiful movers. They're fast. And they're agile, and they have great stamina. So you just can't develop a high-performance player. I don't think you can have a successful philosophy without that being part of the deal. You could probably develop some pretty good players, but I just don't think they're going to be champion players. You know, it, I guess there are guys out there who are still teaching first strike. Some guys still teaching uh, serve and volley. Some guys are still teaching. You know, go big or go home. Just hit as hard as you can. I don't know what to say about that. If you, you're lucky enough to get a good athlete and you teach them that mentality, you can probably get a pretty good player out of that. But I, I just don't think you're you're creating a player who can reach their highest level. Let's say that they'll always be underachieving. All, they'll never achieve what they what they could have done if they had a more complete game, a willingness to run, you know. For me, I want it all. I want the patience, I want the consistency, and I also want all the weapons and the ability to first strike. But it's like a layered cake. You start with the first base. It's like a house. You start with the foundation, and then you build layers. It's my layer Maybe cake. am getting hungry. But you, you build the layers of the cake, and the first layer is running. Willing to run, willing to suffer, willing to move, willing to chase. And then you start building the stuff on top of that. The same with the house. That's your solid foundation. Consistency from the backcourt. Then you can add the midcourt. Then you can add the frontcourt. You know, consistency from the back. That's the foundation for everything. Being willing to run. That's the foundation for everything. You get a young kid and they, just, they, just, they don't want to move and they want a gun. To me, that's completely ass-backwards. I'm sorry. It's just completely ass-backwards. That's why maybe there's some famous guys who develop that way, but I, 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 can't, I, I can't do it in good conscience. When the kid comes to me, they're going to learn what I'm telling you guys. Run, patient. I will make some adjustments depending on the kid's personality. If the kid wants to attack a little more or move a rise to the net. I, I try to respect the player's personality. I try to teach... In a player-centered way, so I will make accommodations for some kids who are that those special magicians who need to create, you know, hit the drop shot, slice and go to net, hit the big shot, go to net. You know, I, I will make accommodations for those kids, especially um, if they're young and, and and very talented kids. But you know, another thing I'll say on that line is, if you are not that talented and you want to develop a a good tennis game, to, to be solid, to be a, a respected player. Do what I'm saying. Don't, don't follow somebody else's idea, philosophy, because that's gonna be a road to not achieving your full potential. If you're not maybe, maybe not the most gifted, the Spanish way is the best way, in my opinion. I'm a huge believer in Spanish approach, which encompasses everything that I'm saying. If you're not that gifted, for God's sakes, learn how to run. Learn how to hit consistent forehands and backhands. Learn how to move well, especially laterally. And that will give you a huge advantage and allow you to maximize your potential. Don't try to play. Don't try to gun everything. Don't try to hit incredible winners and aces with the serve. And this is a, a style that only the most talented players in the world can can pull off and i think it's important to understand that if you have an average athleticism or above, even just above average learn the spanish way first use that as your foundation learn to be consistent learn how not to give up many points learn how how to how to run and chase develop that that willingness to run and chase that passion for getting to every ball Work on that and let that be your your strong rock that anchors you, that, that's your, your foundation for your game. And then it, when that gets to a certain level, you can add some fancy stuff. You can add some big stuff, some attack stuff, maybe big forehand. If you like to go to net, you can build that in. You know, There's nothing wrong with that. But don't skip over the stage of the base foundation. And in Spain... When they say this player is very disorganized or this player is disordered, that's what they mean. That's what the coaches mean. They, they they see players all the time who come to Spain, and they're not consistent. They don't have a good fitness. They literally don't like to run. And for a Spanish coach, this is anathema. They this, they can't understand it. It's it's confounding. It's 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 very confusing for them. They they can't understand a a game that doesn't involve that foundation. And I think they're right. I think they're very right in that respect. Kids need to learn that. All players need to have that. And as they get older, some develop into more aggressive attacking players and some are maybe more counter punchers. They develop into more of a a grinding type game. And that's okay. It's okay to have that, that separation later down the road. But everyone starts from a good, solid base you know, good, organized, responsible, mature way to play tennis. At least that's how I see it. What do you guys think? Let me know if you think I'm wrong. I, I bet some people will disagree with me. I, I feel very strongly about this and very sure. But I, I bet there are some people out there think, you know, oh, no, let the kids go to net a lot. Let the kids be super aggressive. It's okay to strike first when they're little. Uh, it's, that's okay if they don't need to run. They don't need to run that much. I bet there's some people that uh, feel that way. But... I'm gonna to have to disagree with you guys. I wanted to say one other thing that, another reason, maybe the, I'll leave you with this. The last most important reason to teach your players how to run and to love to run, is because as their fitness and their cardio level rises, so will their mental toughness. They will be tougher and stronger mentally. They will be able to manage their emotions better. The running for me ties in all of that. It ties into your mental strength, physical endurance, your willingness to suffer, your fitness level, th- those are all interwoven and inter- interlocked, interlinked. And I don't think you can have one without the other. You, you can't be super mentally tough without having a good level of fitness. I work on a lot of technique, with, especially with young kids. I love, you know, That's one of my hallmarks, is technical training. I, I advertise myself as world-class technical training. I, l- I love to train technique. I love biomechanics. I love, I love developing the nuts and bolts, the hardware of a player. But <clears throat> you can't develop great technique if the kid is not fit. Because as soon as they start sucking wind, as soon as they reach their threshold, their aerobic threshold, and they can't breathe or their legs get tired, their footwork's is going to fall apart, their positioning is going to fall apart, and the stroke technique is going to suffer. So I, I try to explain that to my students. I say, look, you're coming to me, you're taking all these lessons, you want to learn beautiful world-class technique, but you're not willing to run? Really? Because I need you to have a high level of cardio and endurance in order to maintain this world-class technique that I'm teaching you. If you have the most beautiful strokes in the world, but after three or four shots, you start breathing heavy, your legs get tired, you're not positioning well anymore, you lose your contact point, or your arms get a little, little fatigued, and now the technique is falling apart. Fatigue also relates directly to mental strength. So kids who don't like to run are usually mental midgets. They usually have Temper problems, they they have trouble controlling their emotions, they're not calm under pressure. Like when they're in the battle, they're not calm because their heart rate is too high. And when your heart rate is too high, your body goes into, you know, it's like in fight or flight mode. You know, the the body is very stressed out when the heart rate is too high. So I'm a big believer in this that when you run a lot, When you have a high level of cardio, what does that do for your emotional control? Helps you be more calm, more tranquilo, you know, helps you be more relaxed out there. You don't have to panic. A lot of players will go for shots that they know they don't own. They know they can't make. Why? Because they're breathing heavy and they don't want to run anymore. It's a panic shot selection. It's bad shot selection because they're not breathing well or they feel tired. A lot of players make bad decisions, bad strategic decisions, because they're not, they're not feeling fresh. Their mind is, is uh, under, they feel under pressure. They feel stressed. Their heart rate's high. Very hard to make a smart decision. So for me, the running, the cardio capacity, that connects with a lot of other aspects of the junior development. Shot selection, strategy, emotional control, focus. It's hard to focus when you're tired. When your heart is beating too fast, high heart rate, your nervous system's jacked up, it's hard to focus, hard to stay calm, hard to think straight. You see player, why does this guy make a bad decision there? Why do you go for that shot? You have to figure out, is it because they're breathing heavy and they they just want to bail out of it? Or they can't think straight because their their heart is pounding so so much. It feels like their heart's up in their throat, and their 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 nervous system is super stressed out. You know, you have to try to figure this out as a coach. And if you suspect that the the cardio level is interfering with those things, get your player to run. Very simple. Get them out on the track. Get them to go for a jog. Get them to do court sprints after practice. You know, you got to develop this this ability, this willingness, this capacity to run. And eventually, maybe it becomes a love of running. So guys, run. Don't gun when you're young. That's the rhyme or partial rhyme for the night. Teach your players to run. Encourage your players to run. If they're not playing a lot of hours on the court, don't worry that you're going to like run them slow. It's not, it's not detrimental to do a, a little bit of jogging, one long run a week. Come on, guys. That's that's not going to make your athletes slower. You're not going to lose anything from that. And what you're going to gain are all the things that I mentioned. You're going to teach a kid some of the good mechanics of running. They're going to develop their stamina. They're going to be able to make better decisions on the court. They're going to be able to think more clearly and focus better, and they're going to be able to hang in the rallies longer and and Develop a mature, organized game, which is so critical when you're developing young players. You want to build that organized, ordered game, the foundation of which is running. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. It's kind of a spontaneous show. I'm very sorry that we're not on a regular schedule right now, but it's a pandemic. Hey, I'm just happy to be with you guys doing the show at all. It's episode 44. I'm Looking back, I can't believe we've done 44 shows already, but we're going to keep going onward and upward. I've got a number of great show ideas coming for you guys. Uh, For example, big one coming up is the Dirty Tricks Department Part 2. We had a great show in the Dirty Tricks Department, dirty tricks that you see on the tennis court, the most common ones, and I'm writing an article with the top 20 I'm looking forward to sharing the top 20 dirty tricks with you very soon. I think that's going to come up either episode 45 or shortly thereafter. So stay tuned for that. Check out prodigymaker.com. That's my blog. Come visit me, Prodigy Maker, at my academy, my club in Manchester, Vermont. We have a full-time training program here. You can live here short-term, long-term. You can train with me 25 hours per week. Personally, on the court, tennis, plus professional fitness training. We have it all here at the club, and it's relatively new. This program is relatively new, and I don't think a lot of people know about it, so I'm just going to keep giving that shout out. Please share if you can, share with players who are looking for very high-level training with personal attention. That's what we specialize in here. A lot of exciting things coming up. I'm going to be doing more workshops for coaches and players at the club, so stay tuned for that. We have uh, our online school. If you're interested in online, uh, I have a lot of video trainings and courses at clta.teachable.com. Check that out. We've got some great courses on the, the, the Spanish game and Spanish type training and, and uh, a lot of good stuff there online. So there's a lot of ways, different ways to train with me. Uh, but I think the, the the coolest thing that I'm doing right now is players are coming in. You can stay here full time. We have full boarding, and you can train with me at the club here in Vermont. It's, it's just a beautiful setup that we have. have great accommodations, and we have this beautiful club here. It happens to be the fall foliage season here, so all the trees are cha- are turning colors, yellow, orange, and red. It's just an amazing place to be. In the fall in Vermont, and I would love to have any of you who want to come up and train with me, please uh, get, reach out to me and I'd I'll, I'll be happy to set up a training, a customized training plan for you guys here. Guys, thank you for all the likes. Please share the show with your friends. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, please give us a, a positive review on either on Apple on Apple podcast really helps our. Our search results, so if you could please give us a, a, as many positive reviews as you can. Share with friends and ask them to give positive reviews. Uh, thumbs up whenever you can. And just in general, try to share the show with friends who are interested in, in junior tennis, in junior development, in high-performance tennis, because there are not many serious shows out there on junior tennis development, and I think we are one of the best shows available for parents and for coaches and even for juniors themselves. So guys, adios, God bless. I'll see you on the next program.
0: We hope you enjoyed the program. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and recommend the show to your friends. We greatly appreciate your likes and shares. Thank you for your support of the show and for helping us grow our audience. If you would like to train with Chris, please visit chrislewitt.com for more info. You can also join Chris's online school, clta.teachable.com, and follow his blog at prodigymaker.com. A reminder that all show archives can be found at youtube.com forward slash Chris Lewitt, and the show can be watched live on Facebook. Just search Chris Lewitt on Facebook to join the show. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. Bye Bye.